0: It's Tuesday, and we're doing Two Kingdoms on Tuesday. Stay with us. Well, I hope you're having a good Two Kingdom Tuesday, and um, I thought being my solo run on Tuesdays, let me quickly give you a little bit of a rant that I'm going through. I rant a lot on this show, I realize that. But um, yeah, it's an article. I'm actually, I've just pulled it up on my laptop right now, sort of been quite a busy day, but I'm going to try and spit this one out. Um, It was to do with Martin Luther and Abraham Kuyper, uh, two figures that I'm quite interested in, in terms of the two kingdom doctrine, because they both have shades of, of what a Kleinian would hold to, um, and yet, obviously, are totally different in many ways. We've already investigated much of, or a little bit of, Martin Luther, uh, as Chris and I were talking about it a few Mondays ago. Um, But Abraham Kuyper is another interesting one. I mean, obviously, he uh, is the guy that sparked off all of the uh, Kuyperianism, which is really at the other end of um, Kleinianism or Two Kingdom theology, in that you've got this transformational view um in place with those who have embraced uh Kuyper's teachings and run with it and um often the 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 two kingdom and one kingdom thing are put together or against each other at least um by way of Klein and Abraham Kuyper but they do have very interesting overlap so anyways bottom line I'm just uh always when I see anything of a comparative study between uh you know certainly Luther and Kuyper or Luther and Klein or uh, any of those guys I'm always interested so this particular study came from um, the, what is it called, Pro Regi. Um, I think that's, uh, if I'm not mistaken, that's For the King in Latin. Uh, but it's made famous because of Abraham's uh, Abraham Kuyper's uh, books that you used to only be able to read in Dutch, and now they've translated it into English. So you've got all those volumes that you can get on Lagos. I know you can get it there or Kindle. And so very, very good and um, very famous Um, just full outworking of Kuiper's understanding of sphere sovereignty and how that how that means that uh, scripture needs to be applied to every area um, of society not only the church and you know just a full orbed uh, kind of view And, and you know the interesting overlap there is always to do with the sphere sovereignty angle in that uh, while obviously very different from what we're saying with um, with Klein and Two Kingdoms, there are just amazing overlaps in that they they both developed this doctrine of common grace. It was quite big. It was quite foundational to their their thinking. Um, so they both are key players in that doctrine. And then, um, of course, you also have their um, sphere sovereignty application, uh, which is similar. Um, and we'll get into that in a second. Um all right, so this guy who wrote the article, his name is Timothy Palmer, um, if you've, you might have heard of him. The article is called The Two Kingdom Doctrine, A Comparative Study of Martin Luther and Abraham Kuyper. My big beef with the article, and, and I'm just again kind of using this as a, a bit of a launch pad into thinking rightly about Two Kingdom Doctrine, because you know it sets up a straw man in the way that I see done so often, and it's just just got to stay away from it, you know, you got to stay away from trying to do that, because once you, in his very opening paragraph, he says, the two kingdom doctrine is the belief that the kingdom of God is coextensive with the institutional church, and that life outside of the church does not really belong to God's kingdom, so there it is, I mean, that's literally the first paragraph of the, of the chapter, of the paper at least, and then everything else is going to knock that straw man down, um, Via, you know, I mean, this thing is a comparative study of Luther and, and uh, Kuiper, but as it turns out, he's just got this beef with um, two kingdom theology the whole the whole way through, um, and uh, and and here's the problem with that definition. uh and we've covered this before um, as well in in you know previous two kingdom Tuesdays, but but at the end of the day, you've got God rules everything. No one's saying that anything is outside of God's kingdom. We're just saying that you know, there are different means and operational methods that God is making use of as redeemer and as creator, Um, and, you know, surely that must be admitted at some level, but just simply, I mean, to say that there is an eschatological redemptive kingdom that is coextensive with the church, I have no problem in saying that, and that just simply means that the church is not the kingdom, but the church is really the visible institutional representation of that eschatological kingdom. But then every part of creation is also God's kingdom. Uh, now outside of the church, I mean, we're looking at something temporal, something within the realms of common grace, something that will be um, redeemed only when Jesus comes. So it's a lot more nuanced when you know you say it that way because it just no one's denying Christ's Lordship, which is again, the affinity that I think uh, even Klein would have with Kuiper there is um there is this reality everyone's everyone in the reformed faith is arguing for Christ's lordship over everything and it just makes me a little bit cray cray when uh a year you know people trying to knock the two kingdom doctrine as if as if it it's sort of um it denies that or just wants to you know create some weird um limitation on christ's power you know as if any part of that idea is corresponding to to uh the reformed faith that's common to all of these players anyway so you know i mean at the end of the day um it's a little bit like the baptist gripe you know when you just when you just set up a straw man and then demolish it nothing's being achieved you've got to you've got to go into it with that in place i mean just a couple of instances of how this works um let me see if i can just uh, move down the document here um he says that um luther starting with luther Advocated a two kingdom approach that, um, you know, to be honest, I, it sounds a little off to me as I read through it. I'm not, I don't feel very authoritative on Luther at all. Um, I, you know, Luther, we uh, tried to work that through a while back. I, I feel like every time I look at Luther's view, I just get more confused. Um, and I know it's different to reform two kingdoms. That's that's, uh, and I know I'm into the reform two kingdom camp, not the Lutheran camp. Uh, they're very similar again, though. So. Uh, but what he says is, while the kingdom of God is ruled by the word of God, the kingdom of the world is ruled by the sword. Now, I got no problem with that. That's good. And I think Luther did teach that. But then he says, while the kingdom of God is ruled by the gospel, uh, the kingdom of the world is ruled by law. I think that might also be a Lutheran that might be correctly um, approaching the or Luther's own doctrine of two kingdoms. I don't know that I, I would like to phrase it that way. I think that's one area that you have a difference immediately. With Lutheranism, but then in terms of the kingdoms themselves, he talks about Luther as Luther as saying that the kingdom of the world is really a third kingdom between the kingdom of Christ and the kingdom of Satan, and he wants to argue that Luther essentially left Christ out of that third kingdom. So, um, you know, you've got obviously Satan involved with the kingdom of this world uh, in that in that um, uh, rebellious sense, and you clearly got. Christ over the church, but uh, he wants to argue that Luther kind of just you know that 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 middle kingdom, that third kingdom, is a is a neutral zone where no one goes in, and you know, and and so I don't know. Again, that might that might have been Luther's view to some extent. I really have. It doesn't sound right. It sounds like he's misrepresenting Luther there. I think Luther would probably say something very similar to what we're saying in that. No, Christ is Lord over that third kingdom as well point is that he's put a cultic boundary in place that we need to respect. And the reason we respect it is precisely because he is um, king. And so um, there is uh, just that basic sort of introduction to Luther that I think already goes a little bit astray. Um, He says, both areas belong to God, but Jesus Christ is excluded from the secular realm. The Lordship of Jesus Christ does not extend to this area of life. Uh, instead, the secular realm is governed by reason and natural law. So even there, you know, it just sounds very, very suspicious. Um, certainly, you know, just leaving Luther aside, even if that is what he said, that is never in a million years what Van Druden and uh, Reform, Reform Two Kingdom guys are saying. That's not what um, Klein said. Um, there is a secular realm, that's true. But the whole point of the whole Two Kingdom Expression there is that he also is king as creator over that secular realm. He, um, as Chris and I were talking about it the other day, and you know he asked the question, "Well, whose covenant is it? You know, who who makes the secular realm? Who sets its boundaries? I mean, it's the Lord. So again, you know, whatever critique." might be leveraged here against lutheranism it's just falling flat in terms of anything reformed i got a feeling it would fall flat in terms of lutheranism as well if you had someone knowledgeable uh dealing with that but anyways so he moves forward to uh the critique of this whole thing and and um, I'll just read what he says. However, this theory has obvious difficulties, the two kingdom theory. Is not Jesus Christ Lord over the entire world and not just the church? So you see you see how frustrating that is? That's crazy. Uh, if all of societal life outside of the church is not under the lordship of Christ, then who is king in the secular realm? Like what a great rant this is, you know, against nothing at all. I mean, no one especially because this paper is directed against what is ultimately the reformed two kingdom view Uh, this is just meaningless um anyways leaving leaving his uh kind of sloppy work aside uh let's just at least jump into what is true about two kingdom doctrine and we just need to be really clear that no one is ever saying that there's this ungoverned neutral zone i mean wow Uh, hopefully that's clear enough to to everyone but then he moves on to the abraham kuyper thing and uh, you know he uh, just uh, gets absolutely angry with Van, Dru- Van Drunen for putting Kuiper into uh, even, or even not into the Two Kingdom camp, but even getting him close. Um, as as I said earlier, Kuiper had the sphere sovereignty thing going on, and um, there are, in many ways, in both application and the theology, there there are similarities to the Two Kingdom doctrine. I think that's Van Drunen's point, uh, but he just won't uh, have this at all. Um, uh, he says, uh, and this is, this sounds good. Van Drunen, uh, this I think is what Van Drunen says. Van Drunen explains that God rules the spiritual kingdom through Christ, the redeemer, and the civil kingdom through Christ, its creator and sustainer. This two kingdom doctrine to which Kuiper allegedly holds stands in contrast to neo-Calvinism or transformationalism in which all spheres of life are seen as subject to redemption and the claims of the redemptive kingdom of Christ in the present age. I think that's a good summary. Um, But then, you know, his conclusions go whack. Uh, Is not Abraham Kuyper himself the one who taught us that all of life is subject to the kingship of Jesus Christ? See what he does there? Ah, So, you know, he's saying, listen, guys, there's no way that that could even be true. Why? Because Kuyper, Kuyper taught that Christ is Lord of everything. And the two kingdom guys are saying that, no, he isn't. He's just Lord over the church. But no one in the two kingdom camp, and I would, I would want to venture Luther included, is saying that. Uh, Christ is Lord. Um, and so, uh, on it goes. Along that sort of line, I'll just read you a few things. There is thus a broad consensus As to the identity of Luther's two kingdom kingdom doctrine, a consensus that stands in sharp contrast to the reformed view of the lordship of Jesus Christ over all of life. He he did it again. Uh, Setting up a straw man versus the lordship of Christ. I mean, again, it, it would only work if one party there didn't agree with the lordship of Christ. What you have, and I know I'm sounding like a stuck record, is a nuance of that point rather than a denial of it. So you have to debate it in that way. Um, uh, you know, even, and this comes back to what we said, I think, last Tuesday, he makes the point here, all of life falls under the kingship of Christ. There is no neutral ground for him. You know, this is what Kuiper was saying. This is why I cannot be two kingdom. But again, even there, I don't even, you know, maybe Van Drunen is um, sort of advocating a, a neutral thing but you know we've we've already talked about Klein himself as a Vantillian saying no there's you know I believe in antithesis I believe that there's no neutrality um, everyone is for or against and yet that doesn't change the fact that God himself has set a cultic boundary he has said uh, as Lord hey respect the space uh, that I've created for a stage so that redemptive history can play itself out and so that mission can happen. Uh, this is what it's for. So respect it and engage as those who understand God giving um, reign both to the righteous and the unrighteous for a time until the end. Um, as I was reading through this, and this maybe is an, is another, and probably I need to move on from this point, I keep coming back to it. Um, hopefully this will be a last rant about this sort of thing, um, but you know I do w- one thing that does come through. Another thing, maybe of equal proportion to what we've been talking about here in straw man arguments, is that that idea of um, the redemption of the kingdom. You know, they'll typically Kyperians will talk about. Um, and neo-Kyperians, I should say, will talk about transformationalism as the need to just understand that that Christ has, you know, died to redeem all of creation, not just the church. And again, it's sort of, they make this point over and over again, and and no one's denying that. The only thing that people are indifferent about is when that happens. So, you know, it's a fair point to discuss the, you know, the eschatology itself and to say, well, you know, this is, this is an over-realized form, this is an under-realized form. There's a legitimate debate there because I think there's a, a definite dis- disagreement. But to just come in and sort of stamp on the point that Jesus died to redeem all of creation, I mean, like, no, I mean, we believe in heaven, everyone believes in, in the new creation. Why is that even a thing? And yet, I mean, just now that I've mentioned it, if you do read through this stuff, uh, you'll see it. You'll see these two points just over and over again as if it's a slam dunk um but it's not um again just to kind of drill that home from the article he said uh Kuyper says of this kingdom uh this is talking about the redemptive kingdom it can never be said that this kingdom bears a purely spiritual character um and uh he's saying that that's what the two kingdom guys are doing if they're limited just to the church no one's doing that but we are saying there's an eschatology involved um and so the rest is just kind of uh, mapping out Kuyper's actual thought, um, which is, you know, interesting. It's, it's uh, I, I just can't help, even in his rebuke of two kingdom theology, see how Kuiper is in fact, and how he's making Van Drunen's point. I mean, he, for example, Kuyper speaks of a mystical law. <laughs> in fact, I'll read this paragraph. He says, Christ also, uh, also rules the state, this is Kuiper's theory, uh, through the law. Kuiper speaks of a mystical law which is valid for all peoples in all lands. This divine law can be found both in our conscience and in scripture. Um, there is no opposition between the two. Both came from Christ, the creator and redeemer. There is only one law of God. I mean, wow, that's what Van Drunen is saying. That's what natural law is. Now I realize you can't pin them exactly together, but they are similar. And I think Van Drunen right to say, listen, whatever two kingdom theology is saying, it's it's not that different you know at the end of the day from what has been said a few times by a few different authors um so at least that is um that is something to consider and then he ends off in a really weird way um he says guys church listen listen up um the only the only people who are doing the christian life right is islam (laughs) okay maybe that's a little bit overstated but what he said was this pietistic dualism also extends within the reformed churches so he's even trying to get at those reformed churches however in islam religion relates to every area of life Kuiper laments how seldom in christendom the broad scope of the kingship of christ is felt um even our heidelberg catechism is weak on this point so it kind of puts out his hand at the end and going all right so he's he he thinks that would be a good thing if we just do it the way that Islam does it you know I could have just skipped right to the end quickly and just said well yeah that's pretty much the conclusion that's why I don't want to go in that direction because I don't think Islam's doing it right and you know it's not that we're waiting to to get some sort of majority so that we can sit in a Christian state and ban all else and you know I don't know that's just it right there isn't it at the end of the day I mean that's transformationalism come to its own and um yeah, that's not what the apostles had in mind for the church or mission. But let's leave it at that. Um, if you did, did want to check the article out, um, it is free online. So again, if you just Google um, Two Kingdom Doctrine, a comparative study of Luther and Kuiper as a code word there, um, and then Timothy Palmer, P-A-L-M-E-R, you should find it uh, fairly easily read it. See what you think. See if I'm on something or if I've gone astray. Okay. Well, with that in mind, catch you tomorrow.